Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 89, episode one of Jared Daily's Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck Coke Industries and fuck Fox News. It's Monday, July 1st, 2019. My name's Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Beto O'Dork, a.k.a. Julian Podcastro, a.k.a. Bill de Blasio Brian. AKA Corny Booker or Corny Hooker or Horny Cooker, depending on how close we are. Uh, that's courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi Man, and I'm thrilled to be joined by today's acting co host, Caitlin Durante. Hello, AKA, since I'm sitting in for Miles Gray, my name anagrams to Niall Cray, plus some other letters that wow. don't. <laughs> that don't fit. fit. Right. <laughs> also, so last week when I was the guest, uh, you might remember that my AKA was Lauren D. Titanic. Mm-hmm. So this week, um, my name also anagrams to Ruined Atlantic, oh. which when the Titanic sunk into the Atlantic Ocean, it kind of ruined it. Ruined so, the Atlantic for ruined, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I refuse to swim in it anymore. Same, same. Yeah. And then finally, Caitlin Durante also anagrams to Nine Tit Dracula. Does it really? Yes, it does. Good God, that is fucking amazing. That's the best one yet. I don't know how <laughs> they keep getting better, but Nine Tit Dracula is... So it's a, it's a, it's a vampire Dracula. cow. Right, with, with nine tits. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I got that. <laughs> uh, and I think tits always come in even numbers, uh, if I'm you not You would mistaken. think, and usually yes, but I've discovered recently that opossums have 13 nipples. No shit. They're, they form a circle, and then there's one in the middle. Right, because the rule is that it's supposed to be 2x the number of like babies that you generally give birth to. Oh, is that the is that yeah, the rule? Yeah, so that's oh. why we have two, and you know, dogs have a whole shitload because right. they usually give birth to a whole litter. Huh. Whole litter. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very special guest from the Sleepwalkers podcast, Kara Price. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hi. Welcome. A nine tit tid Dracula. Yes. Blood must. <laughs> Spew out of the right. others. Of the oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. That uh, actually would but work well. But if you well. milk that nine-titted Dracula, yeah, you're gonna get some. I I wonder if there's like one tit for every blood type. So there's mm. like an O positive, O net. You know, the universal donor, the universal recipient, like right. All A B. Are Draculas et picky about their blood types? Like which ones they like? Because mosquitoes are. And oh, really? my poor wife and yeah. son are whatever their favorite type is, huh. and they just attack the shit out of them. And me and my other son just like get left alone. It's really terrible. <laughs> it's mean. Mosquitoes That's are dis- bastards. So discriminatory. Yeah, I it's really fucked up. It. Well, I know in like True Blood, uh, the, when they were like selling like the synthetic blood blood at bars, they had like O negative and like different types mm. of blood. So I mm. think in that show, at least, the canon was that. Different vampires prefer different blood types. Yeah. Mm. But that would be a great solution if somebody could breed a nine-tit Dracula, like a blood-spewing cow, uh, (laughs) then, you know, no more need to attack the the humans. Right. Right. 
well, I think we just solved vampirism. Massive <laughs> animal rights issue. Yeah, that's true. Oh, PETA would not like this. <laughs> no. <laughs> PETA probably would re- would advocate for humans to be turned to vampires instead of the milking of a cow clearly built specifically for, for uh, blood milking. What if but... it's, it's an undead cow? Uh, everybody just dig in because this is the whole episode, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so I hope you're ready. Uh, yeah. No, it's great anagram. Great questions. Thank you. All around. Kara. Mm. Uh, yeah. Let's just say right off top, uh, in case anyone's trying to Google your name, how, how are we spelling Kara Price? P-R-E-I-S, as in Sam, S as in Sam. Yeah, yeah. And Kara is K-A-R-A-H. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I don't know what you'll find if you Google me, but... Yeah. I do have a podcast called Sleepwalkers. Yeah. With Oz Velocian. Yes, you do. Yeah. Alls. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. But first, we are going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. The first story we have here, uh, that is 538's poll about, you know, the favorability and percentages for like whether people would vote for candidates before and after the first night. Uh, so it shows, you know, how much the debates affected people's favorability and whether someone was going to vote for them. And we can talk about <laughs> we can talk about uh, how the first night changed things uh, as well and how the second night changed things in our hearts. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Twitter's new rules, uh, which may or may not play directly into the president's hands. Uh, we're going to talk about the straight pride parade, aren't we, Caitlin? We sure are. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, New York City uh, has declared a climate emergency. Uh, but first, Kara, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? So, El Torero de la Torah, the Jewish gay matador. No, what I Googled was gay (laughs) Jewish matador. Okay. That was something that I looked up uh, in my recent search history. And this, he, you know, this is a guy who was the first of his kind in many ways, I think. He was a gay Jewish matador who (laughs) lived in Spain, but was... Based in Brooklyn. No, I was based in Brooklyn. And, um, oh, well. Or died in Brooklyn, penniless. No, died in Greenwich Village, penniless. Got it. Um, but my sister had sent me a screenshot of him, and he is my grandfather's twin. Oh, I mean, wow. really looked like my grandfather, who was a straight Jew from Brooklyn. Also Matador. So, exactly. <laughs> um, so I Googled it, and I've been obsessed with this story. It's, the New York Times reported on it because, you know, pride. Right. So they're like scouring the net for the weirdest <laughs> right. gays they can find. Right, right. And he's one of them. Although I think being a gay Jewish man sort of lends itself also to being a, a matador in terms of he's very lean. He loved fashion. Mm. And there's a great quote from the article that they're quoting him. And he says, people would say, but you're Jewish, Mr. Markowitz said. And he'd say, yes, but the bulls are Catholic. Ah, mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. I don't, that has a to do with me. <laughs> there, there it is. Now I think we know everything we need to know yeah. about you. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Uh, plant-based milk. Okay. Like almond milk and stuff? Yeah. And like coconut milk? It's disgusting. Is huh. it, should I say, maybe I could say something more about, you know, AI, but I just think plant-based milk is disgusting. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you have any particular... Well, it tastes you... like cardboard. Okay. All of it tastes like cardboard. I... 
being in L- I, I live in New York and being in LA is particularly egregious for the half and half uh-huh. users of America. Right. <laughs> I went to a cafe the other day here and they had no milk. Right. They only had plant milk. There's a lot of utter based content. Today. I mean, well, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. or lack is, thereof. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, um, plant-based milk is disgusting because we all want Dracula tit milk. I yeah. want titty milk <laughs> all day. So you are not lactose intolerant. It doesn't sound like it, I wouldn't know, but it's it's. I, I mean, I am. Pro- it makes me ill because I'm Jewish, as you know from my search history, right. <laughs> and uh, it does make me ill, but not as much as oat milk. Oh, wow. I was going <laughs> to ask about be oat disca- milk because enjoy... people are like, well, have you tried oat milk? Because oat, that's the new milk. Coconut is the new, coconut, no, no, coconut, oat, almond. I love almond milk. I'm Macadamia not nut is the new one. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Macadamia nut. But milk is like, milk is from an udder. This is almond, this is almond water. That's what oat milk, uh, right. almond milk is. So I, I like... think it's overrated. And it's just, I mean, there was like oatly was back ordered. Yeah, people went wild in Los Angeles for oat milk. Yes, that, especially. The oat milk craze of 2017 was a <laughs> violent period in LA's history. I um, would imagine. Yeah. I would imagine. I think it's also like if you <laughs> I was talking to this guy yesterday who's a scientist and he said just put quantum or neuro on anything and you can sell it. <laughs> I think if quantum you, like a, oat milk, yeah, well that. <laughs> but if you uh, quantum oat milk, I was like, I need to go home right now and create a product that's yeah. quantum plant based milk, right? Because it gets it clears your neurotoxins. It's tiny, right? <laughs> and it just clears you out, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Neurotoxins. Um, that's another one. Yeah, I'm gonna I, get a lot. I mean, I, I'll get backlash. For, everyone likes it, right? I just I get half and half. It makes my friends sick that I use half and half. <laughs> it's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, but it makes coffee taste like a milkshake. Yeah, that, I like. I wouldn't put almond milk or any of those like nut milks or anything in coffee. That is gross. Oh, you but drink I put it, it? On, no, no, no. I put it on cereal. Oh, pretty much. That's all I might I do, do with that it. just because it would just be it would be watered down by the sugars of cereal. Yeah, which I can get on board with. Well, I, yeah, I I find real milk now tastes disgusting because I've made I made the transition to almond oh. milk a while, but, but I only ever like I still eat like milk ice cream right like right vegan ice cream is like just don't eat it i yeah Yeah. don't eat ice cream sorbet go fuck yourself sorbet vegan cheese no thanks diet (laughs) cheese literally like a someone gave me a vegan cheese uh like slice Mm -hmm. sorry i was just thinking about it that's why i was speechless (laughs) it was that it was disgusting disgusting um i was raised on skim milk Mm. uh i mostly drink plant-based milks these days but i still like think cereal is 20 times better with whole milk mm. yeah oh, i just find I, it so there's just uh. something about that thick rich mm-hmm. tit juice that mm-hmm. gets me every time uh what That's is something right. you think is underrated oh the usps i i this postal is a postal service. service yeah you have sorry 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 <laughs> no i am uh I think it's probably our strongest heritage brand in the U.S. Okay. And I think that it is, when I think about what happens every day for a letter to get somewhere else, it brings me to tears. Wow. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I think a lot of other people respect the USPS, although it's dwindle, or actually Trump would not call the USPS the failing USPS. For some reason, he likes it. I think, oh, does Because it's like an establishment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, U- the United States Postal Service 
stamps. I mean, I'm a philatelist. I, there's just a everything about it to me is so attractive. Is a philatelist a stamp collector? Yes. Stamp enthusiast? Yes. Well, not someone who philates. No, that's a, a philatelist. Well, there's not a, there's a facialist. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Which is someone who treats the top of a stamp with their finger. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lineage of philatelists. Nice. What's your favorite stamp? Do you have a well, right now? The Ellsworth Kelly stamp is very cool. It's he, the artist that you know. They do like these capsule collections of stamps, mm-hmm. and he's one of them. I had one Sally Ride. May she rest. Um, May she rest. <laughs> I think she's dead. And um, okay, so he is a very simple, abstract artist. That's like, right. His art is a wow. It is really cool. It's though. cool, right? And Isn't it's that a like cool stamp? made for stamps. I also buy, I think stamps are great. I th- and I love to, you know, recently I signed a lease and they were like, do you want to do the, you know, the easy pay thing? And I said, no, I want to mail the check. Because you want Just to I be able to use stamps. I don't know what it is. I'm a hoe for shipping and handling. I've always been one. <laughs> I love going to, to the, I love to mail. I'm in the USPS like at least four times. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> so you like the process of going to the post office? A lot. Which I have to tell you, as a podcaster, that is sacrilege because <laughs> podcasting was built on the assumption that going to the post office is literal hell on earth uh, because of stamps.com. Like, oh, stamps.com, when people right? Go back and listen to early podcasts that have the baked in ads. They're going to be like, wait, why was, why did everybody hate the post office so much back then? <laughs> uh, because that was just the number one built in presumption of of all podcasts was that, well, we all fucking hate the post office. Am I right, guys? Um, <laughs> I, I have a stamps.com account. Do you? Yeah. And I, I, I use mean, it all the time. Media mail. I expect mail. nothing less. Yeah. Yeah. But I listen to podcasts in line at the post office. That's yeah. the whole thing. I mean, you're, that, so I, yeah. you're not supposed to be allowed to do that. But, <laughs> um, I'm sorry if those were uh, unrelated to my themes. No, it's great. We're learning a lot about it. But you, those Kara. are my things. And then finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Well, I, I don't I don't know so much if this is a myth, but there's this sense when you nine out of ten people, if you ask them what AI is, it's the same people where you you ask what gluten is, they're like bread. Mm. AI is the same way where I think most people think of robots or mm-hmm. like artificially intelligent robots or people who are going to take your job or li- robots that are going to take your jobs. Right. Whereas AI is really like what allows you to order a Starbucks coffee when you're in your car, mm. you're still on the train. Like, or, I mean, that's not the best example, but like AI is basically part of and parcel of everything that we now do. Right. On our parcel, something that you might mail <laughs> yes, at the post office. Yes, exactly. I mean, she's on brand, right? That's I right. Mean, you're, you're building well, a brand dr- here. This, I mean, it, it is my dream to do a short form web series where I visit all of the post offices of America. Would that be possible? Um, no, <laughs> not, in, millions, not in not in one right? lifetime. When, when they when when development people are like, "What's the audience?" Right, that would be a hard question to answer. <laughs> uh, old people who will be dead by the end of this meeting. That's right. But AI is sort of finding ways to mimic like neuron connections, right? And yeah, well, it's also. I mean, you're talking about elections. I mean, it's it's really an amazing way to make predictions about things using data. Right. So the human mind can only compute so much um, and take into account so much data, whereas 
algorithms can look at vast amounts of data, mm-hmm. whether it be pictures, um, well, code, I guess, uh, and and then make predictions based on those things. Right. We're better at catching like tumors, and we're better at catching all That's sorts right. of things mm-hmm. just from like loading scans into uh, AI or. T- into Free Haley throws. Joel Osment's brain, I think. Is yeah, that that's right. right. Yes, yes. That's how that's it works. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, they the raptors used AI to help better their Velociraptors game. Velociraptors in Jurassic Park mm-hmm. used uh, AI? <laughs> the Drake, right. they the Drake open the doors? Yeah. The Drake raptors. Oh. The <laughs> Drake raptors. They should just change their name. To the Drake raptors. I'm so sorry, Toronto. Uh, <laughs> how did they use AI? So basically, you can use AI to make better, again, use for prediction's sake, to look at your shot history and sort of better understand maybe where you should be placing yourself on the court. Right, where you should be taking more shots. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's machine learning. I mean, this is machine learning. Machine learning is basically now being harnessed in like every possible field you can imagine. Yeah. And that's artificial intelligence. It's using computers to to make decisions. Right. Now, sleepwalkers would imply, uh, that title would imply that we're unaware of something. I would say, yeah. And what are we unaware of? Well, I think people don't think about their data enough generally. I think maybe in the past two years, maybe. I think also post-election tampering, mm-hmm. people started, and, and the Cambridge Analytica scandal, people started thinking more about, oh my God, like Facebook has a lot of information about me and yeah. it's being given to other companies that I don't want to have my information. Yeah. You know, so on the most basic level, not thinking about that enough is is sleepwalking. Right. You know, the idea now that certain states, I mean, now there's two only, but certain states are, you know, making uh, the government use of facial recognition technology illegal is a good, th- is a step in the right direction, I I personally think. But I don't think people have an appreciation for, okay, if, like, is is the DMV using my face to make predictions about other things legislatively right so oz took the phrase yeah my co-host took the phrase from a british history book but i boring (laughs) british history (laughs) um but but i think you know for him also when he was thinking of the show which he asked me to do a little later on but when he was thinking of this show you know he he started to think about, well, what are all the things that I don't know that aren't going to be happening in the future, but actually are happening right now? Yeah. And how can I talk to the people who have built these tools, who a lot of them are like sounding the alarm, you know, people who worked at Facebook who were like, yeah, well, they trained, people who created the like button were like trained on the same tools that they use to build casinos. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you're you're losing your free will because you know there are all these ways that companies are manipulating your mind to make the decisions they want you to make and so you're like reframing it as from a thing about like well I don't care what they know about me because I you I know have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide and uh I'm a boy scout to no, but you are not in control of your own life because they know so much about you and they, they're you know manipulating your life in the background. Uh, and some people don't, I mean, I think a lot of people don't 
care. Like, you know, I, I spoke to these parents on the podcast who were like, well, if Amazon knows when I need diapers, that makes my life a lot easier. Right. But it's also, are you okay with the fact that Amazon also sells like consumer facial recognition technology to government contracts? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, all sorts of like wh- my <laughs> face is very hot, so like <laughs> I want as many people to see it as right. possible. Exactly. <laughs> Don't say hot because they're they're also tracing biometrics, honey. Oh, right. wait, yeah. what does that mean exactly? Like your actual body temperature. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm a vampire, a yeah. nine-titted vampire, so my right. body is actually very cold. Well, if a hot you- face actually implies that you are nervous about something and might be carrying a bomb. So, yeah, yeah. That's oh. what they. You never heard the term "hot face." It's no. A, yeah, that's what the. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You hot. Face. What I meant was <laughs> <laughs> not that. Cool. Good to know. Very but fun. yes, all that by like anything that can be scanned mm-hmm. and then compared to other things that have been scanned is using AI to detect or like whitelist or blacklist someone so now they're doing it with a laser called jetson where they're actually using your heartbeat as a biometric monitor so like oh that's jack's heart like if they can't see your face because you're compromised Mm -hmm. they're starting to be able to read people in other way there when i say there it's like DARPA is developing these things. Oh, um, God. So if you have like an increased heartbeat that will like be telling of, oh, that person. Well, just how lying. your heart beats is a very yeah. particular signature that huh. only you have. Oh. Yeah, I didn't realize like that, but apparently, yeah. yeah it's a finger, it's exactly rate, like a fingerprint. Yeah, your heartbeat is a is like a fingerprint. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mine exactly. is like super cool. <laughs> yeah. My heartbeat Mine, like, is so dope. Is like a hip hop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a beat. It's like in an acapella group. Mine's like. Yeah, it's all very. So those are all AIE things. Wow. Like when you go on JetBlue and you're using your face to board a plane, you should just ask people who work at JetBlue, where's that data going? Is it a hard delete? Are you storing that data and then selling it to the U.S. government? Are you like, and I, I think the answer a lot of the time is no. And there are a lot of people who are working in this sort of ethical surveillance, if such a thing is possible, mm-hmm. um, who are really like creating tools to also sound the alarm. Same with people who are developing technology to detect deep fakes. They have to create deep fakes in order to detect them. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's the kind of thing to just keep your eyes open to. Yeah, don't your sleepwalk walk into it. That's right. By I mean, listening to sleepwalk. But if your eyes are open, then they're going to use retinal scanners. Right, that's true. Well, they've now you. there's a, of course a Kickstarter. Um, right. uh, Respectacles, I think they're called. Uh, so, something like that. I, I want to say uh, I'm 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 gonna be saying it's something spec. It's something ecticals. Okay. And um, it turns your eye into that like. Uh, it beams <laughs> it back right into the camera. Oh really? Well funded. I always think well funded Kickstarters, and then you're like. Malaria, like what? How, what <laughs> right. in the fuck are you creating right. this for? That's better than saving people's lives <laughs> like, from malaria. Crazy to me, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we whatever. also have a search for extraterrestrial. Yeah, intelligence 
Also, don't keep your eyes open and just keep your ears open and mm. listen to podcasts. They'll tell you yeah. everything oh. you need to know. That's right. Audio um, is very safe. Walk around with your eyes closed <laughs> and podcasts in your ears and you will be safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> no danger there. So basically be a blind hipster yes. for the rest of your life. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back and uh, kind of staying on a similar subject to, uh, you know, ways that Silicon Valley is controlling (laughs) us. So Twitter announced that they will start blocking the tweets of famous celebrities and politicians. Basically, they will start demanding that politicians follow their terms of service, which I assumed that they, I knew they didn't do this because of things that the president tweets and gets away with, but I assumed they, that was like an unspoken thing. And in this case, they're just like, no, no, we, we have a total double standard for influential people and we let them do whatever they want up to this point. But now we're going to start, you know, paying a little bit more attention to them, which is pretty wild hmm. yeah well how does the celebrity you know break the terms and so see so uh, some of the examples that people were pointing to are when the president used his twitter account to threaten nuclear war with north korea copy uh-huh. or share a video depicting violence against cnn where like a wrestler beat the shit out of a Another wrestler who had CNN photoshopped <laughs> over their head. Very subtle. Sometimes he is a funny motherfucker. Oh, he's funny <laughs> a lot of the time. It's just terror. It's, oh, it's terror. Yeah, he's very entertaining, which I think is a big part of what got us. He like hacked the entertainment industrial complex. That's by what being makes him different than Marianne Incredibly entertaining. Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, she's pretty entertaining. <laughs> That's too. Just, I, I should, yeah. <laughs> or when he retweets misinformation about Muslims, a uh, Twitter spokesperson said the change was not inspired by any specific world leader. Um, <laughs> okay. People also pointed to uh, Brazil's far-right homophobic president, uh, Bolsonaro, tweeted like during... Carnival, like Carnival celebrations started to turn against him a little bit. People mm-hmm. were like, fuck Bolsonaro. <laughs> uh, and he then tweeted a video of somebody giving someone else a golden shower during Carnival and oh. people celebrating that. And he was like, I mean, you see what these sickos are doing? At the PP uh, party. Uh, right, at the PP <laughs> party. And it's like, you pulled that pretty quickly yeah that that's on, right <laughs> on file huh um yeah so that's another example of the sort of thing that twitter would uh so they're holding people more accountable despite their influence they are but it's they're acknowledged so they're basically overtly setting up a sort of tier system where users are officially allowed to break the rules and instead of getting removed from the platform's like they have this thing where it just like grays out the content and you have to basically ask to see it and then <laughs> oh, you It's like redaction. Right, exactly. And they they will not spread those tweets. They won't like feature them 
in even if they are like viral tweets, you won't see them in your moments feed. But our writer, Jay McNabb, was kind of pointing out that this system could very easily play right into Trump's tiny hands because by playing the victim, like that's his go-to move is acting like he's being victimized. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's all fascists go-to move. But, you know, he recently said on Fox News that Google and Facebook should be sued over their bias towards conservatives (laughs) and... uh, the subreddit uh, are the Donald was quarantined recently uh, after, you know, members were inciting violence against cops and basically threatening to murder police officers. This subreddit, people finally got shut down. By the way, do you guys know that story about the Oregon politicians? No, no, I don't think so. So the Democratic Congress in Oregon was trying to pass a climate bill and the Republicans left the state to like go hide out to avoid having to vote on it because that is apparently like their version of a filibuster, okay. which is a thing that has happened before. And in fact, the Democrats in Texas did that, I think, in the 90s. But this time, the Republicans are hanging out with three percenters, which is like this heavily armed militia. Yeah. And they're basically oh. saying if the police, if you bring the police to us, we will kill them. And then people on Are the Donald were like basically talking about like starting a war in Oregon, which I I should have known shit like this was going to happen in Oregon when Robert Evans, (laughs) the host of Behind the Bastards, uh, was like, um, he moved to Oregon from Southern California because he was like, yeah, that's where a bunch of really crazy shit's going to be and I need to be there He's to like He's the cover one who it. told who we were on his show and he told me about the 3%ers. Yeah. Isn't he that also wild? told me that it was literally illegal. There were no black people allowed in Oregon. Like it was one of the states in the United States until yeah. early on. Yeah, until like yeah. the 1920s or something like that. Yeah. Some yeah. some like too soon ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So as a result of a bunch of death threats being posted on our the Donald by Donald Trump supporters, they quarantined that, which means you can still get to it, but you have to like go through a couple paywalls and you can't like find it on Pay- Google. Or not paywalls, but yeah. like blocks where you have to be like, are you sure? Are you sure? And so, I don't know. It, it just seems like what's going to be more popular than Trump tweeting something that does get flagged by Twitter's new rule and then Trump like freaking out about that. Like that becomes a news cycle, you know? Mm. And... I mean, people are also pointing out that Twitter itself is not like his Twitter feed is not the thing that actually gets his message out. It's that he tweets, tweets out messages that then get covered by the news, Mm -hmm. by TV news, by all manner of news. So it's just this wouldn't really affect that. It would just be a way for him to act like he's getting victimized while still getting the same message out on Fox News and when it's outrageous enough in the rest of the mainstream media. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just a, something to keep an eye on, guys. Uh, let's check in with 538. Uh, so pre-debate, uh, Joe Biden was uh, 41%. Uh, after the first debate, he went down to 35%. After the second debate, he went down to 31%. Whoa, that's a huge drop. Yeah, so he fell off 10%. Uh, 
Before the first debate, Elizabeth Warren was 12%. Uh, after the first debate, she was 18%. And then after the second debate, for some reason, she got hurt really bad by the second debate. She went back down to 14%. Really? I'm assuming because Kamala Harris, let's look at what... Rocked it so, till the break of dawn. Yeah, so she <laughs> went before the first debate, was at 8%. After the first debate, was 6.3%. So she lost a percentage point, presumably to Elizabeth Warren because Elizabeth Warren had a big jump after the first debate. Mm. After this last debate, she is at 16, 17%. So she jumped up uh, over 10 percentage points. So hmm. she's doing good. Uh, Pete Buttigieg went from 6.7 before the debates to 4.8 after them. Cory Booker went from 3% before the first debate to 4% after the first debate, back down to 3%. And Beto O'Rourke just continues to hemorrhage mm. support uh, from 3.6% down to 2.2. But, <laughs> I mean, that might not seem like that significant of a change, but, um, you know, when that's all you've got is 2%, that probably seems like a lot. So by now, this is probably in the news stream and been done and dusted and digested by everybody, but it's still, you know, we, we assumed after uh, Biden's performance that he was going to be hurt. People made a, a huge deal of the Kamala Harris thing, and I think she did a really good job of driving home some of the racial issues that he was already having. But I think the thing that was new was how kind of unsteady on his feet he seemed like mm. he he just didn't mm -hmm. seem very nimble like mentally and i think the the thing that stuck with me the most was when they asked okay first day in the white house what is your number one priority going to be and everybody was like you know climate change this that and he said beat donald trump <laughs> which is he would have like, presumably well, so you've maybe, already maybe right. he means that he wants to like Beat him up, right? Like that's what somebody. Was, that's how I saw a tweet that was <laughs> making that point. Um, but yeah, it seems like a big portion of his support uh, went to Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris. Some went to Bernie Sanders. Ooh, what did Sanders do? Let's see. He went to um, before the first debate. He was at fourteen point four uh, after the first debate. Six rose up to sixteen point four, and then after the second debate, rose again about one percent to seventeen point three. Oh, okay. Are we looking at a Lizzie Lizzie Bernie? A ticket. A ticket. Yeah, Ooh. I could see that. Um, it seems like a lot of her support went to. Kamala Come Harris on, and Harris, yeah. uh, and Bernie Sanders. So it seems like similar sort of appeal. I'd like an, a Warren Harris ticket. Yes. Give me that, please. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Who's who? You know what? That. Good question. Let me think on it. <laughs> uh, do you need me to... What do you mean, who's who? Like, which one would be oh, president? Oh, which yeah, one would be president? Right. I was, I was like, like, do you need picks? Do you need picks? Of Please which explain ones? to me which one is. Yeah. I'm sorry, which one is Elizabeth Warren and which yeah. one is Kamala Harris? Just imagine Elizabeth Warren with Kamala Harris's name. That's like. What if Rachel we combine the two together into a hybrid person and then add some AI in there? That's right. right. Into. Well, AI could predict whose name. See, this is why machine learning is cool. You could predict whose name would be the likeliest to win a presidential election. Huh. 
based, based on, on certain. Well, you'd have to set the rules. So either you could set it based on consonants and vowels. You could set it on like um, syllables. For some like reason, that. I think B having a B in your as name as a middle name or anything, just a B. That oh, that is oh, really Bill Brock, well. yeah. Bush, Bill Clinton, yeah. Uh, Biden, Buttigieg, Bernie, Bob Dole, the sexiest politician <laughs> yeah. of all, uh, Cory Booker, <laughs> yeah. Beto. It seems like that. These are an amazing. Yeah. O'Brien. So, yeah. That's well, right, folks. Elizabeth I'm announcing Beth my. Warren. Yeah. 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 So she's got or She Beth. should go by Beth. Beth. We call her yeah. Beth. Okay, so Kamala needs a B in her name. Was Kamala B. Harris. Is that her middle initial? <laughs> you know what? It might actually Kamala be. Kamala <laughs> Bin Harris. <laughs> Wait, um, is it? No, it's not. No. All right, guys. Let's, uh, real quick. D. We, D. Oh, shit. D is a terrible letter. <laughs> I think the debate sort of made all of this more interesting and possible to pay attention to. It just seemed like we had the same opinions about everybody for a long time and- at least things are moving a little bit. There's a little motion. Yeah. Yeah. People are paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that Bernie is just, you know, 14 to 16 to 17. <laughs> it's like he he changed less between the debates that he actually participated in than the debate uh, <laughs> that he didn't participate <laughs> right. in because – And that makes sense to me because there's nothing you can learn from a Bernie Sanders speech at this point if you've been paying attention at all for the past six years. And I mean, part of me, like, I I like that because there's something authentic about that, that like, Mm -hmm. this is what I believe. Mm -hmm. It's not changing no matter how you frame it. This is what I believe. But there, there was a point during the debate where they asked him a question specifically about race, and he was like, "We got to change. We got to go after the corporations." And it's just <laughs> like, is because I, I'm struggling with like who I support, and uh, if he's the president of the United States, it's a complicated job, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like, it's authentic to be that ideologically like centered and you know have that same answer and that lens that you view everything through but if there is a racial crisis which there's an ongoing one in the country with you know cops shooting people of color or if there is a national security crisis like Mm. does he's just like we have to go after the corporations right yeah like like, that's not quite the response to that particular problem bernie so we will see Hmm. what i think (laughs) so i guess so the the his uh like numbers changed more in the debate that he didn't participate yes that means that like i guess people had like were favoring two candidates and then they were like oh well i didn't like how that person did in that first debate i guess i'll switch to bernie like right well i was on bernie Uh, yeah and now i'm back something like that yeah yeah that is funny though (laughs) (laughs) all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about the straight pride parade Mm. don't think we forgot about you straight guys And we're back, and the Straight Pride Parade uh, is back in the news. Mm. I had kind of assumed, I didn't want to talk too much about this because it seemed like it could be one of those things, like 
the stunt the parade the grand marshal of the parade is Milo Yiannopoulos who is a uh you know he's a troll feminist icon feminist icon icon. (laughs) uh exactly everyone's favorite yeah but he's he's a troll who like will announce a an appearance and he did that thing where he was like gonna go to Stanford and take over campus and People were like, please don't. Or maybe it was Berkeley. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he there was a bunch of controversy. And then he never ended up doing it because mm-hmm. he was just there to r- rack up some mentions. Um, but it does seem like this is going forward, Caitlin. Yes, it does. Because the city of Boston officials there approved the application that would allow a group to hold the straight pride parade um, the group is called Super Happy Fun America. Uh, so that so just, is... They <laughs> clearly are disproving the idea that straight people don't have a way with language because those are <laughs> right. very... I mean, that, that proves they, right know, off the they know dozens of words in the <laughs> English language. Um, super Happy Be Fun, fun America. America. I Sure, okay. Uh, so, or is that what they think it, gay people... Represent as like super happy, fun. Ra- they're, it's a they're making I thought a mockery. About that too. Yeah. Or this is their attempt to compete with. Well, because I would say if you did straight pride, it would be like flannel khaki. The opposite of super happy and fun. right, right. Yeah. It would be extremely boring, M- mediocre and flannel khaki. Yeah. Offense. <laughs> no, I, I straight people are terrible. I, mediocre might be beyond their <laughs> grasp. <laughs> right, of the English right, language. right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, this is an event that is meant to, of course, counter Bo- the city of Boston's and many other cities across the country, uh, LGBTQ plus pride parade that happens every year. Right. Why so, do they get a day? Why, right, does B- yeah. why do black people get an ET t- entertainment channel? Why do, yeah, right. you, you name it. Yes. So uh, the president of this group, Super Happy Fun America, John Hugo, Submitted the application, and the slated date for the parade uh, is August 31st. Um, Which is straight Pride Month. <laughs> August is? <laughs> yes. Nice. The wor- I would say the worst, the worst month, month of the year. In America. Right. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Like the worst movies come out in August, I feel like. It's just everyone's, everyone's like leaving it's the fuck humid. alone. There are no good holidays in August. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry if, you, you know, your birthday's in August, but yeah. it is oh, yeah, a terrible a lot month. Of, yeah. It's a great, the people who are born in the month are great. Yes, agree. My but mom. Your mom should have held it. Ja- if you were Jamie born Loftus, of course. Is born in August? <laughs> yeah. Oh, August really? 18th, maybe. My sister is an August boy. Barack Obama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is he so, August? Yeah. Wow. I think so, yeah. I just Bill Clinton, but you. he's not a great guy. It was amazing. Sarah June, uh, the special guest co-host from last Friday's episode guessed uh, Miriam Williamson's astrological sign. What is it? It's That's cancer. Cancer. Oh yeah. <laughs> she was. Just, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. Well, I, of course. Well, just love yeah. when people do that. Right. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Uh huh. So now I believe in that. Shit. <laughs> uh, so what? What can we do to? Uh, participate no well, <laughs> what can we do to make if you want to go to it'll happen pride. do you think by august 31st that it'll go down i certainly hope not yeah but so everyone's like why like boston why are you letting this happen and uh the mayor marty walsh said that boston cannot deny super happy fun america's public event application 
even though they disagree with the organizer's values and or beliefs. Okay. Um, quote, permits to host a public event are granted based on operational feasibility, not based on values or endorsements or beliefs. The city of Boston cannot deny a permit based on an organization's values. This is what he tweeted on June 6th. And then he added, whatever outside groups may try to do, our values won't change. I invite each and every person to stand with us and show that love will always prevail. So he's basically saying like, well, just because we recognize that these people are a bunch of idiots who also have ties to, uh, you know, alt-right groups, white supremacists, all this stuff, uh, we still have to allow them, you know, their right to assemble. I feel like there should be some sort of like, hate group exception though you know i don't know why that's not a thing but i mean that people like i guess what uh you know the kkk has been assembling legally for a while right it's just i guess it'll be another opportunity to get pictures of these people fired by publicly shaming them (laughs) that's Um, true from their jobs yeah which i mean but then we have to think about it. it's like this who where are they working right where, yeah, where's yeah. their nine to five well but i think a lot Making of people sp- i remember during the unite the right rally mm. people were like i didn't know like yeah he seemed like an asshole but i didn't know he was a mm. white supremacist right there are yeah there's a lot of woodworkers right inside of the woodwork <laughs> that come out but boston was the site of the like follow up to the unite the right uh rally Back. Which like almost no one Which went fizzled. to, right? Yeah, it yeah. was like oh, five right, people right. poorly and attended. A that's that's a tr- that's a protesters. Trump insult. <laughs> the poorly attended Unite the Right festival. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe I could see this going any number of ways. I imagine the attendance wouldn't be great if they're able to go through with it. I mean, I'll, I'll like. Just imagine what what would even be happening at this parade. Like what? Well, like, that's what well, I was gonna say. It wouldn't be super happy fun. There no. are gonna be no corporate sponsors, right? Which we have now. What get- What are straight specific products or like things um, that you can celebrate? Yeah. I, I right. Like <laughs> is what is the unicorn? I guess like cock cake. rock is that, but like. That's oh, you know what it is? Uh, skull. Skull? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's very straight. Chewing tobacco? It's hetero. Yeah. yeah, Skull presents <laughs> Or it could be very butch. Parade. I don't know. Right. True. Yeah, that's true. Oakley. Oakley's. Oh, sure. oh shit. Oh, Super producer oh. Nick Stump just. Yeah. I think Bonobos. Bonobos? Oh, come on. <laughs> it's a good brand. I'm just saying it's straight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. It's straight. Crocs. I'm sure plenty Crocs of gay men maybe. wear bonobos. I don't Although know. Crocs are fashion now. So. That's true. Oakley's are really it. Oakley's with baseball cap and beard is mm-hmm. a like, shirt that's like. Oh, hunting things. Like all hunting. Yeah, tactical. Yeah. Yeah. A shirt that's like not like, oh, like touching me. That's it's, Does Chick fil A still hate gay yeah. people? Yeah. As someone in Atlanta said to me recently, you know, Chick-fil-A hates the LBGTs. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, they do. <laughs> Someone said that. Yes. Well, they so hate maybe. the LGBTs, man. <laughs> Not queer people, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. They, they love non-binary the BL- people. The right. BLTs. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so the, uh, the, the group's slogan, Happy Fun America, or whatever the fuck they're called, um, their slogan is, it's great to be straight. <laughs> 
Oh, because Very great creative. and straight. Whereas rhyme. it pays to be yeah. gays. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, and they claim that straight people are an oppressed majority and that they no should be thing. included as equals among all of the other orientations. Mm-hmm. So that's where they're coming from. Uh, I, I, I guess Bear's saying, I don't know why people need to be constantly reminded of this, but you know, when you are the oppressor and you are oppressing uh, marginalized groups, that does not also mean that you are somehow oppressed yourself. I don't. I do think this idea of straight visibility is very funny. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like open your yeah, open your eyes. There's there it's visible. Yeah, it's ev- <laughs> it's it's everywhere. That's right. It's ubiquitous. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a reverse Bechdel test that you could do oh, for if like two straight people to try and find a movie that in any way discriminates like doesn't contain straight people. Oh. Like um, discriminates hmm. against straight people or just like one cultural example like their their examples are going to be like don't put that stuff in my face man right like, mm-hmm. you're you're setting a bad example for my kids oh, my daughter Too long foo thanks for everything julie newmar right <laughs> yeah get that out of here uh-huh yeah know. that's probably the but the fact that they think that's the norm it's interesting not really actually it's very boring <sighs> on it's, I always, well, no, it's not interesting at all. You're right. But it is curious. That's right. That they feel as though the, the scales have tipped in the favor of the LGBTQIA community. It's just a, a sensitivity where they feel like anytime somebody takes pride in anything that doesn't mm-hmm. include them mm-hmm. that they they are then being discriminated are being against. discriminated against Which... anytime somebody says don't please don't say that word in front of me they are like wait i'm going to come from outside of the room to like argue that yeah. i should be able to say that word even right. though i wasn't involved in it. um yeah i i know i know people like that <laughs> Anyway, um, so we're all going to go, right? Uh, August 31st. I mean, should we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, honestly. I'll be in Boston like two weeks before that. So, yeah. Uh, that just... is when I miss working for HuffPost. Maybe they would have let me go. Yeah. Oh, just to cover it. Yeah, yeah, to cover it. That's the thing. It's like a fun gay a fun gay person would never want to even go. No. Why would you want to go to that? It right. sounds terrible. Like what music would you it's have? It's just a gathering it... of wh- of white men. What music? That's every would you other have? parade. Right. That's a ve- go to the Veterans Day parade. <laughs> the Dave Matthews Band. I shouldn't. Say, that's a horrible thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a Dave Matthews concert. Yeah. Right. Is that like? Yeah. There's nothing cool about like no, I, I feel no like, edge. Yeah. No like edge. Dave Matthews is like brought to you by uh, cargo shorts. The straight pride parade. Puka. Uh, Puka shell shell necklaces (laughs) and cargo shorts. Um, New York City has declared a climate emergency. Uh Uh-oh. It really speaks to why it's an emergency that I didn't know that they declared it a climate emergency. The city that you live in. (laughs) Right. Right. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) So what... What specifically are they declaring, Caitlin? So they're, you know, they've declared this 
climate emergency. They're calling for an immediate response to the global climate crises. There's more than one crisis. There's crises out there. Mm. Uh, they've uh, New York City Council has passed this legislation on uh, June 26. Uh, so it was uh, a few days ago. Um, the lawmakers wrote, the United States of America has disproportionately contributed to the climate emergency and has repeatedly obstructed global efforts to transition toward a green economy and thus bears an extraordinary responsibility to rapidly address these existential threats. We already know all of this stuff. Um, so basically, climate emergencies like this one that New York just declared, New York City just declared, uh, function as a symbol of the commitment to fight climate change with with future legislation rather than actually including any specific policy measures on what will actually be done to slow climate change. So it's basically just saying like, hey, everyone calling your attention to this, which like, sure, I guess that's step one. But the fact that our, like climate change is happening at such a more rapid pace than climate scientists had even previously anticipated and like every time anyone comes out with a study they're you know the the results are very alarming it's like oh the you know the permafrost is melting at a bazillion times faster than we thought like all you right. know like right. the the accelerated change that's happening is very very alarming and it just feels like everyone else is so slow to catch up we're like okay we're gonna you know say that we need to do stuff to change things and we're going to, you know, uh, declare a, a climate emergency. But like, you know, we're just putting a, you know, that's kind of on the back burner for when we actually do something about it. Yeah. It reminds me of like a meeting that somebody calls without putting any thought into it. It's like a meeting that so could meeting. have been a one sentence email. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Or a call. A call right. is my favorite. We're saying it's bad. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So what? We already knew that decades ago. Yeah. So can you please like actually enact change to to do something? Yeah. De Blasi is, is it... you know out to lunch anyway. Right. <laughs> De Blasio is. I was trying to figure out if it's problematic to say he looks like a rat uh, <laughs> because he does. Well, you are the company you keep. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. New York City. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think it is. I've decided it's not problematic. <laughs> you let me know if it is problematic. I know it's like an anti-Semitic trope, but uh, he is not. Well, I, you know, he did he did something, I guess, which was to declare right. this emergency. I wonder how much of this is him just like looking for like a cheap media pop. Oh, could be. Yeah. Well, here, here's some more hot facts. If if you'll let me, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah, these facts are, sound super hot. They're very hot. Uh, according to data from the innovation uh, innovation for Cool Earth Forum, um, Cool Earth sounds like, like happy, yeah. happy Fun America. <laughs> yeah, of. but anyway, uh, more than six hundred and seventy governments in fifteen different countries have declared these climate emergencies, but only eighteen of those local governments not including New York, uh, are in the U.S. So the U.S. seems to be, you know, not pulling its weight in terms of climate emergencies. Um, San Francisco and Hoboken, New Jersey, have been some of the few to declare these climate emergencies. 
while Los Angeles, where we are right now, believe it or not, ever heard of it, um, (laughs) has yet to formally declare an emergency, uh, but is included in the forum's count for initiatives that council members will have to, uh, that have made to combat climate change. I barely understood what I just read. (laughs) But um, basically, you know, the U.S., as always, is, you know, doing a lot to contribute to climate change and then not taking any accountability for it or not enough. Mm -hmm. So I guess New York's declaration of this, you know, emergency is significant just because of its sheer scope of the constituency there. It's because it's, you know, the largest city in the U.S., um, but even so, like I said before, sure, let's declare an emergency, but what is it doing? Remember when Pittsburgh, <laughs> when uh, Trump pulled the U.S. out of the climate accord and uh. then Pittsburgh was like, we're going to stick to the climate accord? Did they really? Yeah. Good for Pittsburgh. Oh. I agree. Well, they are very techno-focused, actually. Yeah, they really are. Uh, Carnegie Mellon is a yeah. really underrated uh, learning institute. Uh, Maybe that's what I should have said for underrated. Yeah. Carnegie Mellon. What if I came out like swinging? If I was like Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also like, good uh, acting school. Oh, um, oh yes, I've heard. But conservatory. Uh, yeah, I I feel like I don't know. I don't know why all local governments that are uh, you know run by Democrats aren't doing that. Yeah. Like just being like, well, we're sticking to the rules. Um, because, again, I guess it's the first step because mm-hmm. it's to say, oh, we need to do something about this. But it's like being in asylums. Right. All you need to do is declare an emergency. It sounds pretty. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, writing some some legislation. But. Oh, yeah, that does sound hard. It sounds so oh. Right. It just. I gotta go to law you know, school. I got I to gotta do my job as a lawmaker to write some legislation. I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. I know. That sounds like a lot. Uh, Kara, it has been so fun having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. (laughs) I love your briefs. Uh, Where can people find you, follow you, listen to you? People can find Sleepwalkers Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Actually, I should say, I'll give a little plug. We launched, we put out episode nine on Thursday, our finale Season one finale comes out next Thursday, yeah, July fourth. Yeah. Celebrate the fourth birth of, of the nation. Happy, fun, with, super cool America. Yes, yes. With Yuval Noah Harare is our finale guest. Oh shit! Yeah, is that he's, the Sapiens dude? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. He he's a, a gay man. He's a hack. Oh, is no, he a matador? Joking. He's a oh, genius. Shit, I hope. Now I get it. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's two tweets. There's a <laughs> there's a girl named whatever. I'm not going to say her handle. Well, Titiana McGrath. <laughs> but she made a uh, trolly tweet that was, anyone who was fathered by a male is a byproduct of the patriarchy and should be ashamed of themselves. Mm. But Luanne de Lesseps said something that I, th- who's on Real Housewives of New York City, said something really... I thought profound, which was you don't help someone and throw it in their face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a tweet that I'm really, that I thought was good. Words to Fucking live Fucking Luann, man. Yeah. Yeah. And her new single's out, uh, Feeling Giovanni. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Is it good? Which is a what's incredible about Bravo, the Bravo verse, is that it's a complete. It's a, everything in it is a meme. So mm-hmm. Giovanni is a clothing store in Beverly Hills, and it's like not a thing. But she's decided to put out a song called "Feeling Giovanni." Mm. I guess Giovanni is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it's a state of mind. There's an, but she's creating <laughs> industry around a clothing store, right? Which just blows my. She's a genius. It's great branded content. Great yeah. spawn con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Caitlin, where can people find you? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, my website at Caitlin Durante. Uh, you can listen to my podcast right here on the iHeartRadio, How Stuff Works, etc. <laughs> Still don't know what we're called. Network, uh, it's called the Bechtel Cast, and uh, my co-host Jamie Loftus and I discussed the representation of women in movies and how it's almost always bad. You're taking down the patriarchy one film at a time. That's right. That's right. Um, and is there a tweet you've been enjoying? Well, speaking of Jamie Loftus, she tweeted a few days ago, thrilled to announce that I made it seven days into a new job to aggressively suggest we cast Alfred Molina. <laughs> so there's Jamie That's Loftus very funny, actually. Continuing to stand for Alfred Molina. I love Alfred Molina. He's oh. a lesbian icon. Oh, is he really? I, do I don't know. know that. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> we, we know that he's a feminist icon, yeah. which is uh, something that we've declared on our show many times. So. I adore him. He's great. Uh, tweet I've been enjoying, Annie at E-N-J-I-X-C-X tweeted, high school teachers you could be real with, history teachers, English teachers, high school teachers that were cops, math teachers, gym teachers. I identify with that. <laughs> and then Dave Itzkoff tweeted, how close do you think Beto came to attending Fire Festival? <laughs> I think that definitely happened or almost happened. Wait, uh, the... I, I just saw one that's pretty good that I would like to yes, read. Yes, do it. Marion Williamson bringing powerful divorced aunt energy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there is another. That's good. Uh, that I could just keep. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. So I read one of uh, a great old Marion Williamson tweet on last week's episode, but I totally missed the Avatar thing. Uh, she's tweeted. If you want a simple explanation for what's happening in America, watch Avatar again. And all the films were good, but Avatar has changed the world. He didn't win an Oscar tonight, but James Cameron deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. Right. <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. I love right. her love. I of mean, Avatar. it's no Titanic. Just James Cameron's but true he, masterpiece. It's a full plant based set, I've heard. Uh, come you, full circle. You can find me on Twitter at. Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at the Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off nice to Thank our uh, to the things we talked about in the episode, as well as the song we ride out on. So, producer Anna Hosnier, what song are we going to be riding out on today? Hi. Um, I recommend a song by... Devander Banhart's former, I guess, side project called Megapus. Uh, this song is called Duck People, Duck Man. Uh, it's really good, but it's also like pretty funny. And Aziz Ansari makes an appearance in like a very weird role. Uh, and I know he's semi-canceled. I don't really know what his deal is anymore. No, I don't think he was. 
He wasn't canceled? No. Not okay. as much as he should have been. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, it's a fun song, Duck People, Duck Man by Megapus. All right, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for today. We will be back tomorrow because it is a daily podcast, and we will talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye. Well, nobody ever told you you could ever be. Nobody ever told you you could ever be.